Wow. Music is, uh, something's going on with the music today, but. Uh, Still nothing? Nothing? Nothing, but you know what? Damn it. Damn it. It's a Friday, Friday morning. Uh, we were, we were taping this Friday. Um, we're both wearing our Eagles gear today, which is cool. You're, you're wearing the vintage green, yeah. the Kelly green Eagles hat from the 1980s. I remember that was the colors worn by one Randall Cunningham, who used to do a TV show on Saturday nights with, was it Ron Burke called the Randall Cunningham show? Yep. And the Randall Cunningham show. I used to, I remember that with a studio audience of about 40, 41 people, maybe. Was it Ron Burke or was it uh, Pat? Uh, God, what was Pat's name? He had the the weird mustache yeah, in the middle. Pat, uh, not Pat Toon me. Uh, Pat. No, it's not uh, Pat Toon. No, Pat. It'll come back to me. And we always would learn about I love the, Ronnie. Ronnie Burke was great. Listen, the, the, Summer and I talk about this quite a bit. The Philadelphia broadcasters, for whatever reason, like everyone, everyone knows them. You know, yeah, yeah. Why Pat, is it? like why are, why are we so invested in our local newscasters in Philly? Like I don't know in many other markets that are like that. It's interesting we're mentioning Pat, and I can't the name the last name escapes me. And I see I, him perfectly with his mustache, mustache, and his like he had like brown hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob Eppheimer, we were having dinner, and he told me he ran into him at a health club. I don't know where it was in Pennsylvania, but he said he was an asshole. <laughs> so that, really? Yeah. So that always stuck in my mind. And he was like calling uh you uh arena football league games for the Atlantic City team at the end of Arena Football League. So you knew the career had sort of gone downwards in his broadcasting career. So um I saw that a little while ago. And you know, we had really good people and 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 you know, Howard Askin always was a decent broadcaster, just an, a real asshole. But right. um, we, we've had my, we were talking about uh, somehow my mom and I got a, on a conversation. She remembered Al Meltzer, Big Al. Uh, we were talking about him coming back from Philadelphia on Sunday. We were talking about Big Al Meltzer, who, of course, right. had his two-minute uh, role in Rocky Five. That's what he sure did, man. So we that's, had that's some like the, the cousin's role in Hustle when he had like a I still play. haven't seen that. He was good. Yeah, I thought he was real good. I mean, he just played himself basically. I yeah. think they, they even called him the cuz. I think uh Adam Sandler referred to him as the cuz. So we we've had some wonderful uh sports uh people in Philadelphia over the last 40 years at least. And then if you think I mean, obviously I never saw John Facenda because I think he was retired before I was like more than four, but John Facenda went on to do, be the voice, the original voice of NFL films, uh, legendary sports broadcaster from Philadelphia, which, you know, his voice, if you ever get to watch the NFL films from like the 70s and 80s, um, is always amazing when they do the Super Bowl highlights. And I think the reason why John Facenda was the voice was because NFL films are in New Jersey. Yep. And obviously he was, he was at, I think, Channel 6 in Philadelphia. So it just made sense. Yeah, that was uh he was the best man. His voice was just iconic. And you also have to remember back in the day when we all grew up, highlights were not just readily available. Oh. ESPN was not 24 hours um showing football all the time. There was no like NFL network. 
There were certainly no interwebs uh, or anything like that. Um, and it was so, inside. It was inside the football, inside the NFL on HBO, NFL right? On HBO was 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 great. And then you'd get like weekend highlights on ESPN. It was so funny. I was explaining to someone today about fantasy football. Like I remember back in the day. I started really early. Like I started when we were in Delaware. That was the first league I ever did. And you had to get your stats by waiting on the newspaper the next day to arrive. Like right now, fantasy, everyone's like so addicted to their phones, especially during fantasy football season. You're checking your scores. You're refreshing. Like it's madness. But back in the day, you had to wait until like, you know, the next day to get the newspaper, to get the stats. And it was just, it's a totally different experience. But speaking of a different experience, where yeah. are we right now, my man? We're we're in the uh, above the, the 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 confines of Earth. Uh, we're traveling in outer space. If Richard Branson can do it, and Elon Musk can do it, and uh, uh, Jeff Bezos can do it, I almost forgot his name. We can do it as well. So we're in space today, and and we're although normally we're in Wilmington in Atlanta when we do the show today, we are above the atmosphere in space together for the first time in 1973 history. How many miles above does it take to get to space? Do you know, have any idea? I'm not certain, that was never a strength. So do you know? No, no idea, no. But I do know this, you know who we were talking about, Pat? I think it was actually the great Lou Tilly is who- It was Lou Tilly. I was gonna say Pat Tillman, but of course, unfortunately (laughs) he was the football. Rest but it is Lou Tilly. That's a hero right there, Pat Tillman. Wow. And and Lou Tilly used to like shoot the breeze. It was Lou Tilly, right? It was Lou right. Tilly and Randall Cunningham. It wasn't Ron Burke or did Ron I Burke? I think take, Ron Burke definitely filled in a bunch because I remember or took that. over at the the end of the show because I think it was on for like that eighty eight to ninety period when when Randall was sort of at the height of his career that eighty eight to ninety period where. You know, we we had hoped that they would go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, and he was dating Whitney Houston, and he had right. his, his candy bar called uh, Scrambling, I think it was called. And See, that is a random. I didn't know that. I know I've known obviously about Reggie. You know, the Reggie bar, Reggie. I didn't know Randall Cunningham had his own chocolate. Oh, yeah, Randy Randall had his his own uh, his own candy bar. Where do you put him in the uh, in the greats of the Eagles quarterbacks? He's he's, he's got to be number two. I mean. I mean, I know people don't like him because he is a little bit of a different, strange guy. Um, but what's interesting about Randall, he's become a minister. I know, I think his daughter was in the Olympics, right? This past year? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah so, so he's he's just totally, you know, and remember, I think we met Randall Cunningham back in 1986. Uh, yeah. At his first I, I, it, training camp, either, I had a picture, a Polaroid picture of of Randall Cunningham and he autographed it. Now, so I mean, I sort of see him as two and, and Donovan number one. And I know people just don't want to give the love to Donovan, but Donovan took you to five NFC championship games and one Super Bowl. And of course we always remember the Super Bowl, uh, unfortunately. But uh yeah, and and unfort and you know he doesn't have a statue out front of the Lincoln Financial Field. It's it's of course Nick Foles. Who has, who had, I mean, I guess a year and a half, he had that Super Bowl year. And then he had the year when he went 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. So it's an interesting, you know, we tend to celebrate people who might do it for a short period of time. But of course, 
a Super Bowl is everything, and that's why I'm wearing my Super Bowl T-shirt. Without Nick Foles, you would not have that T-shirt. That's right, right. right. Yeah. And uh, you see, so, you see how Carson Wentz is. I mean, we we we. I mean, we hate Carson Wentz's football, and I don't really dislike the guy that much. I know people really dislike him. I, I have a hard time when people say they dislike Carson Wentz at a level of Ben Simmons, which is just, nah, I can't say that because although it didn't work out, he's not a deplorable human being like Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I, you know, did you see that video where Ben Simmons was in a candy store? Candy store. I heard about it and they were making fun of him. Like at a certain point, 26 year old, millionaires should not be in candy stores but i think that was one of those like uh you know uh i don't know like high-end like candy store i don't know but like i don't know i kind of i believe it or not man i kind of felt bad for the dude like just leave him alone just leave him alone like he didn't work out it sucked the whole thing sucked like i'm no fan of his at all he quit on the team and he I, he's more in love with the image of what basketball is than playing the game. I think that that's apparent. And so, but just let him be. The guy went up to him and kept calling him Russell Westbrook and telling him. That's, no, that's, that's not and good. I'm like, I'm like, you know, weird. I was, I was talking about it with a couple of buddies of mine in the text chain. And they even said, they're like, you know, if, if Simmons hit this guy, you know, like Simmons would be sued. Right. He would have come out the, the asshole for doing it. Like, why you gotta? Why do you have to go up to people and just be like such dicks? You know what I mean? Like just let him get let let the dude be. You know, like he he. I don't know. I just as much as I don't like him. To me, I think there's certain boundaries that people feel the liberty to cross because they they are assholes. Uh, no, I mean I guess what yeah. I'm saying is if Ben Simmons and this guy and I didn't see this guy, but if they were in the street and there were no cameras around, is he going to go up to Ben Simmons and no. say that stuff to him? No, he's doing it in front of a camera because he knows that if Ben Simmons raises a finger, you're exactly right. He is going to sue Ben Simmons and this guy's going to be all over the end. So anyway, do you, do you really think he'd go up to someone six eleven? <laughs> I mean, and no. start. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Like Simmons is like skinny. He's like, he's pretty he's skinny, but I mean that arm, anytime someone's six eleven, that means the reach is very long. Yeah, but he uh, Simmons is is put together, man. So anyway, um, I was gonna say about the the final end to the Sixers Ben Simmons saga occurred this week. Yep, and uh, I know there was an arbitration settlement that occurred. Uh, do we have any idea how much money he ended up getting, Ben Simmons? No, I read conflicting reports. Initially, I read it was twenty million, and then I read it was somewhere. Uh, around that figure they were negotiating, I think, downward. So they they reached a settlement, um, kind of is what it is. It's water under the bridge. I'm ready to put it all behind us. You know, I still won't like him. I'll never cheer for him. I'm curious to see what, what the Nets are going to look like next season. You want to talk about uh, a place where, you know, they do uh, for the NFL, the HBO show that they do. What's what's the HBO show where they go into training? Uh... It's with the Lions right now, right? It's with the Lions, yeah. I hard knocks. Hard knocks. Hard knocks with basketball. Could you imagine like following that that soap opera that is the New Jersey or the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, unbelievable. So yeah, it's it's a disaster, and uh, you know we could actually 
because we had talked about it last week with the whole Kevin Durant saga. And I guess to a certain degree, Kyrie Irving is just a side note to that all because once Durant is moved, they'll be able to move Kyrie Irving in a much easier way. But, you know, we keep hearing about the Sixers and Kevin Durant. And I know that we talked about not wanting to be in the discussion, but it's interesting. Local talk radio here in Philadelphia, they, they you know, the, the, it's usually it's the fans pushing back and saying they don't want to do it. But I don't know if they're pushing this because that's on their agenda to try and draw up listenership that they are still pushing for Kevin Durant. And it's interesting. Uh, there's not a lot of teams out there whose names are involved Kevin Durant. I mean, uh, you've got right here the Sixers and the Celtics. And it's interesting. I don't think he's a right move for either one of those team teams. So, I'm, um, I, I, again, I'm worried about the Sixers with Kevin Durant. Yeah, the Celtics – may make a little bit more sense, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, he and Tatum do play the same position, but yeah. he is, you're, you're talking about, you know, the one or two best player in the world. And yes, he is at the end of his career, but the Celtics made the NBA finals last year. So they're knocking on the door. They're loaded with talent. You know, I, I certainly think like them, I think they're gonna, I think Jalen Brown is on the Ascension and I, to me, he's a, he's an exciting player, but I still think, think the Celtics, if they brought in Durant, I think for the next two years would have enough talent to be, you know, to beat and overtake Golden State or whoever comes out of the West. And I think Boston is already the odds on favorite to win the East right. uh, as presently constructed. So I think they're looking at, does Durant get us there, even if it's on a short term deal. And as a Sixer fan, you know, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, maybe they should trade Jalen Brown because I, I like Jalen Brown a lot and I would not mind not seeing him on the Celtics. So, yeah, you know, I, I've heard Toronto mentioned and then but I also read that Durant, I think it was two days ago, purchased a house in Boston. So that could be a little bit of a tell as well. Um, you know, who knows? I, I just don't see a place for him on the Sixers. To be honest with you, that bench would be so thin. You'd have those three guys. But have you seen James Harden, by the way? No, I haven't, but I'm assuming he looks good. He, like, and you know I am the biggest. You're not the biggest James Harden fan. Right. I, I am the biggest, like, propo like opponent, I guess you could say, of, of or, or critic of James Harden. He looks to be in phenomenal shape. I saw some pictures, uh, I think it was this morning or yesterday, I mean, he, he's like lean, man. Like he's yeah. not, he's not the Nets version of James Harden. Like he looks right. like he's in really good shape. So, you know, we have to see how that translates for the uh, regular season. Obviously there's still a couple months to go here before we uh, get to training camp, but. Um, Could yeah. be interesting. I know that we had said at the end of last season that they might've lost the trade. It could be that based on what's happening with Ben Simmons and the fact that Andre Drummond has moved on. What what we're talking about is maybe losing, unfortunately, Seth Curry, and and maybe Harden's performance improves so much that, if anything, this trade will sort of end up sort of not hurting either team so much. And that that would be interesting to see. I think at this point, really, the only thing the Sixers can offer to the to the Nets is, I guess, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. Um, they could offer uh, Mate my, Mate Bible. Bible. 
and and that 2029 draft pick. So that would have to be what would get it done if that was going to happen anyways. If that trade was going to occur, I guess the Nets would sort of come to the realization that that's the best they can get for him. Yeah, and I heard uh, this week that someone said, look, like the Nets don't really have any negotiating power at this point. Yeah. They have a very unhappy superstar. Um, he was in England, I know, uh, meeting with Joe. His name is Joe Sai. I guess he's English, yeah. the owner. Yeah. And yeah. he basically said no, though. So, you know, he didn't yeah. kowtow to his wishes. But it could be the situation. And I guess we need to figure out what the starting lineup looks like after that, right? Because, yeah. because – let, let's not let's not yeah, say, I, mean, let, I guess you'd have Durant would be Durant would be your power forward and uh PJ Tucker would be your small forward I, I I guess it would be it would be a fun problem to have maybe for two years but I I would not I I'm not co-signing that I don't want okay. you, your your average age would be like on and that starting lineup it'd would be 30 something 30 yeah. about 30 over, old probably and and who knows who your shooting guard would be? So maybe Isaiah Joe. Tell me again how PJ Tucker is a young thirty-seven years old, please. <laughs> I'll be, be I think he'll be thirty-eight in the middle of the season too. So yeah. uh, it's uh, you know that's why maybe the team as constructed right now, if you just left it alone, would be a competitive team and maybe a fun team to watch this year. Just leave it alone right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they've made the moves, and we'll see what happens. Did you see Daryl Morey at uh, Eagles training camp? I heard he was at Eagles training camp. I always find that really cool when there's a, a relationship with the other teams. Um, the only team that never seems to be too involved, though, sometimes I see Flyers players at the Eagles games and sometimes at the Sixers game. The Flyers seem to be the only organization in Philadelphia that's sort of out of the loop these days. It's even the unions a little bit more in these days, the, I believe yeah. first place Philadelphia union. Yeah. So I, I saw him, I, I always had a, a lot of respect for Daryl Morrow, Morey based on his, um, you know, I agreed with him when he came out with his position on China a couple of years ago, and that's before he was even working with the Sixers. So I'm sort of really happy that we have him. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking this year could be a good year. I'm, I'm thinking, I know we're talking about Sixers and, we probably should be talking about football and baseball, but I'm excited. And uh, it's something that I sort of base my, uh, you know, coming home from work from during the school year, I'll watch a Sixers game. So I, I, you know, I, I try and catch like all 82 games, which is a, it's a very big commitment. So I'll even listen to it on the radio. I have satellite radio, so I'll get the NBA feed and I can listen to the Sixers and, Sun's feed. I, I remember listening to that game. So yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for Sixers season. I'm also uh, excited about the Phillies. Did the Phillies win two out of three in Cincinnati? They did. They lost the last game there. They lost uh, last game. I think they got shut out again, one zero. And then they have a huge series this weekend yep. with the New York Mets. But four they will, game series, right? Four game series. They will not see Degrom or Scherzer though. So is it a doubleheader one game, one day, or is there a Monday game? Saturday is a doubleheader. So Wheeler is going to pitch the early game. And I don't know if Nola's going to get this the night game or how they're going to do that. But Is uh, this one of those where they do a, a they do a break between the games, like they have the, the, yeah. the 12 o'clock game and like a 7 o'clock game? Why night doubleheader, I think, is what they refer to it. 
right? Oh, okay. Now, Isn't that that's a double header. Yeah, I I actually went to I think the the last double header, like a real double header. To um, I went to a Phillies Mets double header with Rachel Flores. We recently got married. Congratulations, Rachel. Congratulations to her. Yes, my wife official officiated the uh, ceremony. As a matter of fact. Oh wow. Is yeah. she uh, a license? You're out there to... getting married and you need an, uh, an official, my wife is available. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's very cool. Did, was this her first one? Second. Second? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so yeah. she knew that this was a wedding and not a party or was it a planned or? Yeah, of course she knew it was a wedding. What do you mean? She was, she was the official. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes people have surprise weddings. and Oh, everyone... yeah, no, it wasn't a surprise wedding. But but props to Rachel on, on getting married and tying the knot. So. so she was brave enough to go with me to a Phillies-Mets doubleheader and, um, a couple of years ago. And that was the first game of it. The Mets beat the Phillies 24, which, uh, which is interesting because... So that was the greatest Mets victory, I think, over the Phillies ever. And then in 1985, you and myself went to a Phillies-Mets game in which I think the Phillies won like 26-7 or something. So it's yeah. interesting to, to be on both ends of the extreme. You saw the Phillies have their biggest victory over the Mets, and then the Mets beat the, beat the Phillies. And then that second game, the Phillies did win, which you wouldn't think that they would win the second game of the doubleheader. I really think we need to have more doubleheaders like that rather than these these money grabbing uh, twilight doubleheaders, as you called them. Yeah. Yep. And old Von Hayes went yard uh, twice <laughs> in the same inning in that in that first game, if you remember. I like Philadelphia career. And he's never gotten his name retired on the Phillies Wall of Fame. Von Hayes. I Nor don't will believe he ever. Nor uh, <laughs> will he ever. I so let's talk Phillies real quick. Yeah, let's so, talk yeah, Phillies. Big, big series this week. Look, I think we we have to at this point be, uh, you know, be transparent about what the Phillies can do. I don't. They're not catching the Mets, right? I mean, they're they're, they're not they're, catching. They're not, but can they win two this weekend? They could win two. I think they can win two. I mean that that Mets staff, even though it's not Scherzer and even though it's not Degrom, who's the other pitcher they have? He's he's excellent he's he's another really good pitcher and um you know look you see the things that the the uh braves you saw that they signed i mean the braves are just like they're so far ahead of everyone else in terms of they have locked up yet another player this michael harris the center fielder for them who i think is 20 years old they signed him to an eight-year set and he's probably gonna win rookie of the year they signed him to an eight-year 72 million dollar deal like how I didn't know if he was under contract though, why would they have to give him such a deal though? Because I, I thought that's his rookie contract, right? Yeah, that he is still under rookie contract, but they want to extend him because before he had puts together another great season and becomes the leadoff man of the future for them, because they're great at, at identifying talent. Before all that happens, they're like, let's give this nine million dollars for this kid. Are you kidding me? Like he's you know, you're betting obviously on on the potential of him, but that's it's such a shrewd move. And they did the same thing with Olsen. They did the same thing with Acuna. They did the same thing with Albies. I'm sure they're going to do the same thing with Strider. Like, and your shortstop is Dab. Uh, I want to say Dabo Sweeney. But <laughs> yeah. What, what uh, is his name? He's, he's actually a uh, free agent. Sweeney's actually a free agent. So he will be available, uh, yeah. you know? And so I think he's, 
one of these guys that the, I don't know if the Braves are going to try to work on it in the off season uh, or how that's going to go, but it is interesting. I think the Braves, um, what is it? Five games now between us and the Braves. Is that right? Does that sound right? They're, they're the number one. Uh, I think Padres. they're the number one wild card. The Padres are still number two. No, the Phils are two. Oh, the Phils leap them again. So the Phils and the Padres are three. It's and and you know the Padres. We we let's finish up with the Phils. But I, I had some thoughts about the Padres in, in a second. Yeah. So the Phils look like they're in a good position. I just think that um, what's one discouraging thing, and I, I know Jimmy Rollins got into some trouble. He was saying that why is attendance so bad, um, considering the team is good. And, you know, I think prices are out of wazoo, but he yeah. does have some sort of a point there. You know, you would hope that the Phillies would be drawing like the Braves are drawing, which is the Braves draw. I think they're one of the best drawing teams in baseball right now. And they, but they haven't always been. I mean, this, they look, well, the Braves are the defending world champions. So it's great to see that Atlanta is supporting this team. And I would love to see the Phillies, the Philly fans support the Phillies teams, you know, like back in the day when they had, you know, however, almost like 200 straight sellouts. It was, it was outrageous that record. And hopefully they will, you know, Bryce is coming back. It looks like Dombrowski said, uh, first of September, Bryce, he expects, I think Bryce is on a minor league assignment right now or I think he starts this weekend. So, you know, he brings an element of excitement to this, to this ballpark, to this lineup, to this team. And then I think that spreads. And then, you know, Schwarber's going to return this weekend as well. So it looks like the Phillies are finally going to, and now obviously Eflin is out, but Ranger Suarez, my man has stepped up big time. And your boy is Noah doing well, Thor threw his best game of the year uh, for the Phillies, at least in three games, Uh, his best game earlier this week. So, um, you know, he's, he's seemed to like settle in a little bit. Kyle Gibson had a, had a really nice game against the Reds. He struck out 11. So the pitching and, and the bullpen has been fantastic. You can't, I, I don't think anyone can say anything other than the bullpen has been fantastic. So maybe this team is going to peak at the right time. You know, look, I don't think they have enough to, to overtake the Mets and even in the playoffs like that, that Mets pitching is so good. And I think the Braves pitching is good, but I think the Braves are more beatable than the Mets are. Um, and I think it's a, I read the rules. The, the, the wild card round is a three game series, a best of three, all three games would be played at the higher seed stadium. So it's not like you going back. Yeah. That's what I saw. I didn't realize that really. I just checked that out. And I believe I'm correct on that. So if the Phillies were the lower seed, they would actually have to go play completely on the road. So, um, yeah, it's like those NBA's best of threes back in the day. So, yeah. I guess so you have to win two to win the series. So, if you win two, it wouldn't even go to a game three. So, um, but I think it's much better than the one game series. Just much better than the one game series. Right. And just keep in mind, the Phillies own the tiebreaker over St. Louis. And they own the tiebreaker over um, San Diego and Milwaukee. So all three teams, they own the tiebreaker over. So that's good news for the Phillies fans. But look, the Phillies haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years. Right. It would be nice. Let's just appreciate like we're in the wild card. It's it's mid, almost late August now, but mid-August still. And 
there is meaningful baseball being played at Citizens Bank. And I agree, it'd be nice to see some fans go out and support but that. But guess what's going to happen? If they start to get into the playoffs every year, like that 2008 to 2012 period, guess what? They were selling out or they had massive attendance. And I think that's what would happen next year. If they were had the same team again, that would happen. And I also think, if they get into the playoffs, I think that they will obviously sell that out. But I, yeah. I you know, listen, I honestly, I will be surprised if Phil's, you know, right now they're playing, they're what, 65 and 52. If the Phillies do not uh, collapse and they, they keep playing at this pace, I would be shocked, to be honest with you, if the fans don't start coming back right around the time when Bryce comes. Um, I, I think it, in September, although, you know, you are in competition with, the Eagles, which makes it challenging. But I, I do think that playoff baseball in Philadelphia is something that everyone gets excited about. And uh, yes, yeah, so we'll see. And I don't want to hear about the ticket prices either. I, I, I get that they are expensive, but this whole second market, there's plenty of tickets that you can get for cheap to just get into the park. Right. And, and, I know. think it's the, like the food and the concessions think, is, is another story. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited about the Phillies. We'll, we'll sort of have a wrap-up of this series, and then uh, um, and then I don't know who they're playing next week. I know they have some easy cupcake teams coming up in the future, too. Is um, this the part where we talk about, like, the – Yeah, the... I, was gonna, I was just going to say something about uh, – well, the Padres are close to the Phillies. Tatis was suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. And yeah. Dad said it was a topical or something. I supposedly – Fernando Tatis Sr. went on to talk on a Dominican Republic radio show and said how it's a loss for Major League Baseball, his son's suspension, because now the Dominican Republic fans will not watch baseball. Mm -hmm. um, I just thought that that was such a bunch of bullshit. This guy was also signed to, I think, if I'm correct, like a $360 million deal too. Yep. And he's saying that he, he put it on his skin and he didn't realize that it was affecting him. And it just seems like, you know, an extension of the bonds talk years ago and all the other stuff. And, um, and it's interesting, the Padres who are close to the Phillies spent all this money to bring Juan Soto in and, and they know they're going to have to sign him. And the whole idea was they wanted to have Maldonado with Tatis and with Soto in one lineup. And now they're going to be missing uh, to tease for 80 games. So I guess that's part of this season and then part of next season. Yeah. Yeah. So look, I mean, you, you do the crime, you do the time, right? So like, I don't feel sorry. For, I hate all these excuses, you know, I mean, and if you're getting suspended 80 games, it doesn't that, is that a first offense or second offense? That I don't know that I don't know. I, like I just it was a second offense. Well, then he knew better. And, right. you but, know, yeah. It's just, it's frustrating. It seems to be that it, it seems like it's more apparent in baseball. And of course, and what's happened is it's going to, you know, I know Pete Rose is not going to make the Hall of Fame for, uh, for gambling, but it looks like people like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Juan Soto will never make the Baseball Hall of Fame because of their dr past drug use. Yeah. yeah. So um, you said Juan Soto, you meant Sammy Sosa, right? Uh, Juan Soto for the 
for the Padres and Sammy Sosa, right, for, yeah. for the Cubs. I'm going to say for the Nationals. Good catch. So the Phillies, super quick, and then we can go to the Eagles. Um, Phillies, they do actually have a nice schedule. So after they get through this four-game series with the Mets, they play the Reds, and then yeah, they go play the Pirates, and then they play your your Diamondbacks. So that's wow. That's, that's not good. that's not a bad stretch of games there. So these next what fourteen or so games could could do a lot in determining you know where the Phillies fall in that wild card. They need to take advantage of this. Um, so we'll see what what shakes down. So tonight seven oh five at Citizens Bank. Go support your your fighting Phils. And uh, one more note for the Phils. Really cool to see that. Um, well, there were co- there are two more notes for the Phils. Uh, one is is that their two stud prospects, Mick Abel and Andrew Painter, these two pitchers who figure to be prominent in the Phillies rotation, um, probably by as soon as 2024. Although Dombrowski said he's going to invite them to camp for 2023. Both these guys got moved up to double A, which is so they're up in red. Yeah, they're up in Reading. They're going to pitch there for a bit. Um, they're both they both pitched. This is more innings than either one of them have pitched. So uh, the Phillies had said they want to get them ready to and get their arms conditioned for this for this type of uh, workload that they're going to face. And so it's exciting. I mean, I think Painter is the youngest player in double A. He's 19 years old. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And um, was he yeah. the guy that was playing for Jersey Shore? I mean, remember you sent yeah. me, yes, told me to I go, said, yeah, I was go like, take a look. So he was playing for the, uh, I guess, the Crawbirds or whatever. Yeah. So he's 19 and then Abel's 21 and uh-huh. the fifth youngest player at double A. So when you get to double A, it's a huge jump because double A, yeah. that, that's where that like, MLB is not so linear that you go to double A and then triple A. A lot of times you, if they you go double, right. You, you they jump. wouldn't even go to Lehigh Valley. These guys, they would go straight from, from Reading up to Philly. Yeah. yeah. So there's uh, those two. And then they're joining uh, another young prospect. Uh, uh, their third pitching prospect McGriff, or I mean, Griff, sorry, is his name. I always want to say McGriff. Um, Griff. I don't know. Griff. What's his name? Yeah, anyway, he's 23. He throws heat. He has some command issues. But he's been pitching at double A a little bit longer. So the Phillies really see these three guys as the foundation for what they want to build around in the future. And these guys, Griff McGarry is his name. And these guys are seen as, you know, almost untouchable by Dombrowski. And so, um, in fact, interesting note, I read that during the Juan Soto negotiations to San Diego, Washington tried to engage the Phillies. Um to part with one of their top two prospects and then get something back. It was not Juan Soto. It, it, it was like, why would they do that? But anyway, they, they didn't the first yeah. baseman bell. I know they moved him to. Yeah. Washington. Yeah. So, um, but let that, that's the Phillies news. And then obviously uh, their center fielder uh, injured his knee. Marsh. Brandon Marsh. Brandon. He already. Marsh. Oh, wow. That's not fame. And uh, he injured his knee and they have claimed, uh, a guy from the Blue Jays organization. I think it's Brandon Zimmerman is his name, but he's a center fielder. He's a uh, really, really strong fielder. And uh, I read that someone, that was a funny quote, he couldn't hit a beach ball with a baseball bat uh, at, at the plate. So he's 
you know, they don't, they don't really need another bat in the lineup. They need a glove. So um, the game, I know you're well, and in space. And then sometimes you're in the Atlanta area, the Phillies Mets game tomorrow night is I believe the Fox game of the week, the Saturday night Fox game of the week. So you'll be able to watch it. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Looking forward to that. And then uh, speaking of uh, this weekend, Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Had a completely meaningless preseason game. Right, they, right. They but there is news. Better. There's so much news around both of these teams. Of course, I just want to start off with the Browns. Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for 11 games. Yep. Is that enough or or did you want the whole year? I wanted the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. What about I you? heard I heard yeah, I did too. And I heard Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, saying how you know, we're, we're, we understand why these women are upset, but we still believe people, everyone deserves a second chance, which I, you know, I don't totally agree with. Right. Yep. I agree. And, and even if you heard him speak, um, when you heard Watson speak, I mean, he was almost like agitated and I'm like, you know, yesterday when they were talking about this and uh, it's just like, it's so disgusting and off-putting and he was basically saying like you know they settled and you know it was like bullshit and so there's that and um you know look Deshaun Watson got 11 games for you know what was it 20 what, what was the final count 25 I think yeah right. he was he was right. right up there with Donald Trump on that one and and Calvin Ridley got a year for, for gambling are you kidding me? Like, the, what is wrong with this? And like, you know, people have got like uh, other guys have gotten kicked out for drugs for yeah. a year. I mean, like, what is wrong with the NFL? Like, do they not see this as an issue? It's disgusting. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, yeah. And so he will be out. I think he comes back December uh, for the last six games of the year because it is a 17 game season. I remember that. So he's got six games. So he's still going to get paid this year because he's going, and he only got five, five, five million dollars. That's all he got. Five got docked five million. But let's talk about what's on the field. Yeah, let's talk about the Eagles. Um, and last week's game. I mean, obviously it was a preseason game, but Jalen Hurts looked good during the first series. I know he got injured. He didn't get injured. He just got. He didn't. No, he took a hit. He didn't get injured. Well, I meant he took a hit. I mean, that's injured a little bit. I, it's enough that I believe he's not playing in the second game, though, right? Dude, you cannot come on here and say Jalen Hurts got injured and then just say, oh, you know, he got hit. It's the same thing. There's a huge difference. Jalen Hurts is healthy. He bounced okay. back up. But, but no, he did take a cheap shot. Uh, well, that's what know. I meant. It was a dirty play. Thank God he is not injured. And um, he will. you're right, he will not play. I don't expect the starters to really play uh, in any of the pre remaining preseason games. So you don't even think that this is, well, really, this is the last real tune-up game, the second game, which used to be what the third playoff a preseason game was. You don't think the, the starters are going to play at all in this game? I don't. Like, um, for the I, first I, half, at least? I would think the first half they would need to play. Yeah, and I think with Sirianni, he just has this new style of thinking where hey, we've been doing joint practices against the Browns for three, four days. Everything Sirianni tells you is that you learn more from these joint practices than you would by scrimmaging. And you're putting your players in, in harm's way with, you know, the hitting that goes on and the tackling and all that stuff. So 
you know, look, if you remember last year, they did something similar. And then, so I think after this, they go to Miami and they're going to do joint practices with the dolphins. And I think last year they did something very similar where they didn't really play their players in, in the final two preseason games and the Eagles tackling, you know, like the first couple, like the first couple of games, they didn't look so good. Remember the Eagles got off to a two and five start last year. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So you, is that a reflection of training camp? Is that a reflection of uh, trying to pick up Sirianni and Gannon systems? You know, these guys are back for another year, so they should be familiar. They should be comfortable. They should understand what the offense and the defense is asking them to do. Um, I think I think this team is set up to have a successful year for sure, and I'm looking forward to that. But you do wonder if there is something that goes into this bit of, you know, getting your body accustomed to tackling. I've I've never played football on any level outside of in the front yard or uh, at the uh, Turkey <laughs> or, Bowl. Or, or the Tower Hill uh, field there or St. Edmunds back in the yeah. day. Or the yeah. Turkey Bowl, right. But so Turkey. I don't know. I don't, but I don't, do you have concerns with the Eagles and them not playing? It sounds like you do. Well, I think, I think you should, I think you, they should be playing at least the first half tonight. Now I understand your quarterback is so important that you can't take a risk on getting your quarterback injured. It just, I would want them to play at least the first half. And I think the defense has got to play the first half. And so Jonathan Gannon, this is his year because they've given him all the weapons that he needs. He's better at the linebacking position. You would think he's better at the cornerback position, maybe not as much at the safety position where it's, but that's probably no different than last year. Um, so he really, this is his make or break year, which is interesting because this guy got all these uh, head coaching, you know, interviews last year. So maybe I, I think we have a better read on them than people in the NFL do, which is this is going to be his make or break year as a coordinator. So if he doesn't do great as a coordinator, he's not getting a head coaching job. Right, right. I have heard that a uh, couple of notes that I've heard, just like random things. I've heard that uh, Kazir White has really played well. And I've heard very good. Yeah, and TJ Edwards supposedly is the best linebacker in camp, which is encouraging. Uh, I've heard that Kenny Gainwell has not really taken a step up. Um, and you look, there are, are there some concerns there with Miles Sanders is out again, right? With a hamstring yeah. injury. Um, and I think Boston Scott's fine in the role that he plays, but he can't be your everyday back. So, it, you know, are you concerned at all with the Eagles in, in the running back situation? I uh, would like to see Miles Sanders have a good year. I mean, I think it's all contingent on, I guess they run what they go with about a four back. So, you know, they go with four backs. Yeah. I didn't know that Gainwell had struggled. I know they were counting on him for a lot. Um, in that preseason game, you, you said that we needed to focus on one running back. They'd be running a lot. Forget what his name was for the Eagles. You said that, it wasn't Gainwell, it wasn't Sanders. Oh, it wasn't Huntley. Gainwell. It was probably Jason Huntley. Yeah. Jason, how'd he do? I don't, you know, I don't even know. Um, but I said that because I figured that they wanted to keep those guys fresh, like their running backs fresh. And, you know, running backs only have a certain amount of carries. So that's kind of what I figured, but they they didn't I you know, I don't I don't even know if he played. Um, but well, he had to have played, but I don't know. I didn't get to see the game down here. I was not happy about it. Um so. If you ever are looking to get the game, I, the NFL Network runs uh, runs it, you know, over and over again. It's yeah. just a matter of checking the time. 
So if you're out of the market area on any game, it, uh, the NFL Network runs every preseason game on, on, on Rewind. So the problem with that is, so with my AT&T, I don't get the NFL Network. You can't, oh. like, I can't. There's no package that offers the NFL Network. So no. that sucks. And so, but anyway, I think we're going to be cutting the cord soon and going to all digital. Wow. I know, One that would you. blow your mind, man. Blow your so that's uh, so we'll we you know we'll for the Eagles uh, I guess uh, we'll have a lot of Gardner Minshew this weekend. Uh, um, it'll be the Minshew Mania show. The and, Minshew uh, Mania show. And, then Strong I, will, and Reed Stinnett will probably the, all. Uh, so we'll see three quarterbacks this weekend. Yeah, um, it's yeah. sort of Davis has looked good though for the Eagles, which has been good. And then Cam Jurgens, the center, the center who they drafted. You know, Kelsey's banged up with his elbow right. from yeah. Nebraska. Right. So Cam Jurgens, they, they spent a second round pick on, um, you know, from what I understand, he's looked very good. And I've seen some highlights where he, he looks a lot like Kelsey, the way he gets down the field and he moves. So, uh, you know, he could be an important guy as, you know, I don't think Kelsey's going to miss week one. I think the Eagles tend to be ultra, ultra cautious, certainly in the off season. Um, but it's good to see that you do have uh, someone who, who appears to be a capable backup if Kelsey were to miss any time. And I will be watching some of the game on Sunday. I promise I will be watching. I watched part. I watched the first half with the Jets game on uh, on Thursday, last Thursday. Interestingly enough, they lost the game, but it didn't really matter. It, it's a preseason game, and the Jets look awful still. So, yeah, yeah the Jets, and then uh, Zach Wilson hurt his knee, but I, I heard yeah. it. He, it's not. He he will uh, he will be back for the regular season. But then I had heard something. I thought I read this like maybe a week ago that Joe Flacco actually has outplayed Zach Wilson in in well that's that. not a shocker. He's a University oh. of Delaware alum. That's Super right. Bowl that's, champion. That's scary if you're a Jets fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's scary because Joe Flacco's 38 years old, probably. Might yeah. even be a little bit older than that. And the fact that he's outplaying your second year quarterback sort of suggests that you might have he was the highest. I, I realized this. I was talking with my nephew, Ben. I believe Zach Wilson was the highest drafted Jets quarterback since Joe Namath. Wow, man. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, please, someone correct me. But if this guy is the highest, because no one else they picked was Richard Todd, Kenny O'Brien. Yes. But they weren't that high level. Zach Wilson who you might never see in another. He might be the next reinvention of uh, was Daniel Green of the Giants, another another quarterback bust. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's not Daniel Green. It's Daniel. Dave, uh, I thought it was Daniel. Or it's Green, right? Or Why am I totally blanking on Daniel uh, Graham? No. Number five. Who is he? No, number eight. Number five is Kerry Collins. If I <laughs> You're right. The great Kerry Collins. The great Kerry Collins. You forgot Mark Sanchez in that list. Mark Sanchez, but he was a later draft. He was a later draft pick. I think he was like a six, first, first round six. Yeah, pick. he was he was sixth, which was a reach then, if you remember. Like, yeah. really? really? Butt fumble. Butt fumble is right. All right, we got to split. Yeah. It's, it's a short show today. I am. Um, so gave you more information than you ever could hope to dream of in, from any other podcast. And we're, and we're doing the show from space today. Um, I just wanted to do a shout out to my mom, Charlotte Levin, who uh, will be celebrating a very special birthday on 
August 24th, and we are having a party for her at my at the house, which I am going to go prepare for right after I get off this on Saturday night. So that's my shout out goes to Charlotte. And that's what I'm also doing this week. Happy birthday, Charlotte. That's, that's very exciting, man. Your mom is a wonderful woman. And I, I think I speak on behalf of all of our listeners that we wish her the happiest birthday possible in the entire world for her. Um, I don't know if I have any shout outs this week. Uh, I don't think I do. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. Does anyone want to do a, would, would it be fun to do a fantasy football, like for no money or for $5, like a fantasy football league with listeners where it's just like, would you do that? Cause I know you're scared of fantasy football. Well, you didn't mention my negative experiences with fantasy football, how I, how how I was the worst fantasy football player. Dude, you think you were so much I thought you were you made some shrewd maybe maybe I would do it now with a fresh set of eyes and be, you know, I I could do it again. I mean the low cost, like five or ten bucks. That's only if we can get interest. I I, I doubt we will. But then here's the other thing I want to put you on the spot. I am thinking about starting a fantasy hoops. Uh, I I would be in on basketball because it's something that I know more. I know much more about basketball. Okay. I know. And then you're in too. Yeah. So that's good. So if any other listeners want to join us, um, you know, uh, that would be. I good. would definitely so be on board Susan with that. This may be in too. So yeah. that'd be awesome. I'd have to get the equivalent of Matt Schaub as my center, though. Matt Schaub? Yeah. Wrong sport, dog. I know. I'm joking. Bad quarterback. I'd have to get my equivalent of every play. I know basketball better. So I think it wouldn't be such a problem. It's killing me still. Is it uh, Dan, uh, Daniel Graham? Is that his name? I got to look it up. What's yeah. the, the Giants? Obviously, it's not that important to Giants fans either because he's never been a very good quarterback. I know. I can't. Don't believe- draft a Duke quarterback. That's that's just the wrong uh, sport to draft. Daniel Jones. Jeez. Daniel Jones. Threw me yeah. off, man, with the Graham thing, and then I got stuck there. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. See you on the flip side. Uh, I messed up the music again. Train knows it's not easy. Why can't we be friends?